How you guys doing this morning? Come on, you, you seen Jesus this morning? Come on, guys. Hey, I'm excited this morning to uh, bring you a word that God has given to me, and, and God has just been speaking so clearly, and I'm excited that he has refined the vision of this church and, and really personally has refined my vision. He's taken me to a, a, a place that I maybe haven't been in a long time or or have not ever been in my walk with him personally, and I'm excited about that. You know, we, we walk through the storms together, but we also walk on the water together. When we, when we step out of the boat in our faith of Jesus Christ, we can do amazing things. And even when we fall, he helps us right back up. And so my prayer for us together, okay, is that we would grow. That we would grow to a place to where we take another step, a step that looks kind of crazy, a step that's kind of weird, if you were here last week, a step that... A step that makes other people look at us and go, I don't know if you should be doing that, man. You might want to rethink that. You see, Jesus Christ calls us to move. And that's, and that's going to be through this series, you hear me say, on the move, on the move, on the move. Because I never want to be complacent in, in my relationship with Christ. Now, I, I am content with him. He's enough for me. He should be enough for us. But I'm not, I'm not complacent. I, I'm not... I'm not okay with how much Jesus I have right now. I want to know him more. I want to walk farther, deeper, better, stronger. Amen. Any of you, any of you in here want to take a, a step in your faith? Is there anybody in the room that wants to take a step in their faith? Well, I'm telling you right now, as we move in this series, as we move in our lives, I'm going to challenge you to take steps in order to reach the next, next level in your Christianity. I don't think that we should be okay with where we are. We need to take a step. I want to talk to you today about receiving the call and seeing the vision. Receiving the call and seeing the vision. Because a lot of us are at a place in our lives where we have been saved, but we wonder, okay, where do I go from here? And a lot of us have wrongfully thought and probably been taught at some point is that you come down front, you say a prayer, the sinner's prayer, which, by the way, can be so very dangerous. You say this prayer, and then you're good. You're saved, so to speak. You're forgiven. Heaven is yours now. You don't have to worry about it anymore. But this is a false teaching if we leave it there. To say that salvation is a one-time event that happens, and then you're good when you die, and it's about heaven out there one day, that's, that's a false teaching if it's left there. You see, salvation in the Bible is not taught as a one-time event, but a continual process by which we fully encounter God in the end. You see, Paul talks about salvation as you have been saved, but in the same breath, he talks about you are being saved, and he also talks about you will be saved. It's not about a one-time thing where now you're good. And you're saved from hell. It's not about being saved from hell. It's about being called into Jesus Christ. John 3, 16, everybody knows the verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You may not know it, but that word, when it says believe in Jesus, that word actually in the original text, in the original Greek manuscript, is actually, it's, it would be literally translated as believe into Jesus Christ. It is not something that we say, it is something that we do. The text would actually say, for whosoever believes into Jesus. It is a, it is a, it is a transfer of who and where we are to another, another person in another place 
We believe into Jesus. It is a motion. It is a movement as you believe. It is not a static speaking of words. And so that's what I want to show you this morning. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. And I, want, I just want you to be praying. I want you to be praying that God would reignite the flame or that he would fan it so that it would be ablaze. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I pray to God that today you would see his face, consider him worthy, and fall on yours because he's worthy and you need him. We're on the move. This morning, I want you to be praying in your hearts. I want you to pray, God, am I stagnant? I want you to pray, God, what could I do to take a next step? I want you to pray, God, reveal to me my failures. God, I want you to show me your glory so that I want it more than I want the world. A lot of you sitting here saying, you know, all these things sound good, but the fact of the matter is I don't want Jesus more than I want this. What do I do about that? I cannot change what I desire. You are right, but he can. You see, Jesus Christ needs to reveal himself to you. You need to look on and be amazed and fall on your face. Let's pray this morning that God would be revealed and that you would be transformed no matter where you are in your life. Because the, the, the world is continually whispering. It's broken you on the face and looking really sexy over there. And you're like, oh, turn away. And look on God. Look on Christ. Look on Christ, who is the most desirable. If you don't get that, you won't get him. Because he will not take second place. You ready to get started? All right, open your Bibles. Before I read the scripture, I want to pray and ask that God would open up our minds and tear down our walls. Jesus, I pray in your name. I'm asking you to send your spirit that he would come and, and that he would open up our eyes to all that you are and all that you hold in your hand and all that you provide for us, namely yourself, which is enough. I pray that you would, according to the riches of your glory that you would grant to us to be strengthened, to be strengthened with power, to be strengthened with power by your spirit in our inner being, that it would be deep down rooted so that it could not be removed, so that it would not be forgotten, so that it would not be trampled on, but it would be what backs us and pushes us and the source of everything that we do in life, that everything would go off of this power, that everything would be critiqued by this presence. Be with us as we search you out and as we fall on our knees and beg, oh God, show your face. We're unworthy, but would you show your face? Help us to never look away. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. I've got a word for you this morning. If it hits you like it hit me, then this altar will be full, and before it is full, you will be broken and motivated. Listen to what he says. Paul has been talking now about the grace of God and about being transformed by God. And, and what I just talked to you about, about, you know, Christianity, especially in the Bible Belt, has been so watered down. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, hellfire and brimstone. You're going to hell, boy, if you don't believe in Jesus. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. That, you, you can preach that way and it still be watered down. Okay? You understand that? You can get up and say, if you don't repent right now, you're going to hell, boy. 
and it still be watered down? Because we do, not, we do not come into the presence of Jesus Christ because we fear hell. We come into the presence of Jesus Christ and bow down because we love him. Being saved from hell is a byproduct of a relationship with a God that is unimaginably desirable. Heaven is not the reason that we bow down before Jesus. It is a byproduct of our relationship with the King of heaven. As a matter of fact, if heaven had everything that you ever desired, all the money, all the car streets of gold, and, and just everything that you could ever imagine, anything that you wanted to eat, but it did not have Jesus, would you be cool with it? Jesus Christ is the, is the goal. He is the destination. And as, and as Paul talks to the Ephesians, that's what he's saying here. He said, it is by faith that you have been saved, and that's not even of yourself, but a gift of God. And he has not just brought you even with the house and saved you, and, and now you're okay, but he has seated you in the heavenly places with Christ. And so he has brought you to this place where now you've been rooted in power and given strength and been given a mission and given a call that you would go into the world and that you would create disciples. So many times we put that on the leadership and say, you need to evangelize, that you need to create disciples, that you need to baptize. But what God is calling is that you do that. I'm going to show you that in the Word. Reaching the world is part of my job because I have a call too, but, but my job, my call is equipping you so that you then would go out into the world and that we would make disciples like crazy, baby. Does that sound good? That is the plan. Amen? You can't get on board with that? We need for you to step up and for you to go and for you to be empowered, and I need to go too, but we need to go. Let me show you. I want to read you one part before I, because this will... It, this will frame this. I want you to go down and look in chapter 4. We're going to be in chapter 3, but chapter 4. We will get here in a few weeks. But listen to what he says in chapter 4, verses, uh, I'm going to go 9 through about 12. Listen to what he says. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far, uh, far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. This is why he came. And listen to what he did when he came. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, and he could have went on there to equip the saints for the work of ministry and for the building of the church. You see, it is not... It is not just my job to make sure that the church is okay. It is not just my job to make sure that we're reaching lost souls. It is actually my call to equip you that you would take care. A healthy body builds itself up. A healthy, a healthy congregation would hold itself together. And I think I'm seeing wonderful things. We need to take a step. We need to continue. We need to be on the move. As we get into the text that we're looking at today, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, I want to read these, and then we're going to just tear the Scripture up. We're going to look deep. Listen to what Paul says. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of God, into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has been now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power to me. 
Listen to what it says. To me, now this is the Apostle Paul. He says, to me, though I am very least of all the saints. He gave it to me. Even though I was the least of, why in the world would he give it to me? This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, listen to this, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That by you, that by the church, Jesus Christ would be uplifted and proclaimed even to the heavens. That it wouldn't stop here. We have a hard time sometimes getting it out across the street. Our praises and our discipleship and our lives should be so loud that they are heard in the heavenly realm. He's worthy. This was according to the eternal purposes according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. I've got a few things that I want to pull out of this text for you and that I want to show you. Obviously, there... <laughs> There is a ton of stuff here, and if anybody knows me, that I could probably spend about 18 years on these verses. But let me go through and show you some things that you need to understand and that you need to, that you need to meditate on and think about as God is calling you to do his work. And let me just tell you that God has called each and every one of you to do his work. Please, everybody listen right now. All eyes right here. Let me tell you something. You are a called man of God. You are a called woman of God. And there is no in-between. You cannot think. If, if God has reached down to save you, if you've been born again into the grace through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have not been saved to be okay. You have been called to be a force to be reckoned with. Does that make sense? You are not to stand still. You are not to stand in hope, but you are to walk in faith. We are not called to stand in hope. We are called to walk in faith. we got to be on the move. Who's ready to get on the move? It's time for us to get on the move. Listen to the first thing that God told me to tell you. Jesus never saves. Jesus never just saves. He calls. Jesus never just saves, he calls. Jesus did not come so that you would be okay. It is not for you to just be okay. There is no such thing as just fire insurance. He is calling you to a life of ferocious appetite for him. He is calling you to step out. Listen to what he says here about his own call. Now, we are talking, let's, let's put this in a frame, we are talking about receiving the call at this point in the sermon. And I want you to watch as Paul is talking about his call. He will step in in a second and talk about his vision, which you have to have if you want to do the call. But right now he's talking about the call. I want you to listen to, to Paul's call. Listen to this. 
For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Now that word right there where he says, assuming that you have heard, that actually is a little bit of a mistranslation. It should actually, it would be more, it would be better to understand it saying, surely you have heard. Surely you know. Surely you know this grace that I've been called into. Surely you've heard about this. Now, it would seem almost as if Paul is being boastful here, but he's not. He's saying, haven't you heard? Don't you know? This is what God's called me to. Surely you understand. The first point under this is, and what I want you to get out of this, is that your life, your call should be obvious. It should be your life. No one, no, if you are a child of God, now, unbelievers, I'm not talking to you right now, I'm not talking about your life. You need to give your life to Christ. But those of you who claim Christ, and from my experience in the Bible Belt, I've not met too many people that don't say they believe in Jesus. So let me clarify right now. If you claim to know Christ, if you claim to be saved, your life should be marked by a transformation that is undeniable. It is time for us to be known for Jesus Christ. It is time for us to be known for the call that we have in our life. Is your call important enough for your life to move around it? Is Jesus Christ important enough for you to rearrange your schedule? Is Jesus Christ enough? Is his call enough? Or do you have other things that's more important? You should be known. Paul tells him, he says, surely you know. Surely you've heard that God has given me this task. Let me ask you right now, how many people would look at you and say, that man believes in God right there. He's got his flaws, he's got his failures, but he believes in God. Jesus Christ said, do not be ashamed of me, because if you're ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you. But if you, if you acknowledge my name before men, so I will acknowledge your name before the Father. You get the picture? Is that if you duck and hide, he's like, you proclaim the name of Christ, even though you might be persecuted, beat down, and abandoned, that Jesus Christ in the end would say, he would stand up and he would not back down as God's looking at you going, who is this? And Jesus would say, that's Brandon right there. Let him in. That's Brandon right there. This is, he's with me. That's Jeremy right there. He's with me. Don't you be ashamed of God's name. And it might not be that you're ashamed. It might just be that you have not stepped into your call. We need to step into our call. You need to be known for your call. As, as he goes on into this, listen to what he says. He says, surely you, you have heard, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. What he says here is Paul's call was made known by revelation. Paul's call was made known by revelation. And let me tell you, some of you may be sitting in here and you say, I don't have a call. I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't get that. What do you mean a call? You see, Paul did not just decide one day what he was going to do for God. Paul was in God's word. Paul was walking with God. He was talking with God. He was seeking out Jesus. And as he did, it was revealed to him where he was to go and what he was to do. You want to be a man of God? I have so many people come to me and say, Brandon, I want to do what, you, what you're talking about. I want to do the things of God. I want to change my life. I don't want to be stuck in this sin anymore. I, I, I do know Jesus. I believe in Jesus. But there's something that's keeping me from stepping in to 
what I know I should be stepping into. And I asked him, how much time have you spent in the Word of God? How much time have you spent in prayer? How much time have you spent seeking and asking him to be the most desirable thing in your life? How much time have you spent receiving the call? Guys, don't think that it's just going to hit you. And the light bulb, that, that crazy light bulb is just going to go, Not if you're not reaching for the string. I heard a man say uh, just the other day, he said, you work and you do, you work and you do and you believe knowing that it can only be God, but you work like it's got to be you. You work knowing that God's the only one that can do it, but you work with the attitude that you're the one that's going to have to. And, and I'm not telling you that we work in order to get God's grace, but I'm telling you that you need to position yourself under the waterfall of the Spirit so that He could pour into you and you might receive. You think that you can hear God's Word being stuck in front of the TV for eight hours a day? You think you can hear from God when you've got everything else, the whole world whispering in your ear and blaring on your ears and getting in your face? you got to get by yourself you got to get on your knees you got to get on your face you got to seek him you see Paul says I received this from God by revelation it was given to me it wasn't decided by me it was given to me so I'm asking you right now I'm telling you I'm begging you I am challenging you to slow down get along with God get to a place where you can hear his voice and receive his call because without it you're going to sit still and we need to be on the move we need to be on the move you see, he received this call. It was made known by revelation, and yours will too. And let me tell you this, not everybody has gotten this chance. Not everybody has gotten this chance. Let me tell you what Paul says right here. He says, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations. That is, as it has now been revealed to his apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise of, uh, in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Let me tell you what he's saying. He's saying that you are in a prime spot to receive the grace and forgiveness of God and not just that, but to be empowered to move to make a significant difference in the history of the world and eternal difference. Don't you understand where you are? You have the opportunity to know Jesus Christ and to be empowered by him to reach into eternity. And Judas says, reach into hell, plucking them, snatching others out of the flames of hell. Don't you get the possibilities that you have in your life? Oh my goodness, church, y'all are not near as excited as you should be. Don't you understand that you have the, the possibility and the potential to, to help be used to save people from an eternal separation from God Almighty? Got to get excited. We got to get more excited than that. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is desiring to use you. You. You and me. This is amazing. This is amazing. You see, not everyone has gotten this chance. There's been generations that have passed by that they saw the creation. They saw the common grace. They saw the things that were out there. And they, they had to understand that there is a God, but they did not have the opportunity to understand like you have the opportunity to understand. 
Take advantage of what God is offering you today. Whether you've already been saved or whether you need to take a step. Let's, let's move. You see, God, in doing what he has done, has really taken taking an amazing truth and put it into vessels, uh, jars of clay, to put it into something that, that should not be holding it so that it would look am so amazing. You see, a lot of us say, I'm no good, I'm no good, I'm no, I'm no good, I can't do this, I can't do that. God knows that. God knows that. So often he chooses the weak to shame the strong. And he chooses the lowly to shame those who think they are so exalted. Moving on, Jesus never just calls, he empowers. Jesus never just calls, he empowers. As Paul goes on, he says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power to me, though I am very least of all the saints. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Of Christ. He says that Jesus, Jesus Christ, he knows you are not fit for this call. He knows you're not fit for this call. And so many of us receive the lie of Satan that since we are not fit for this call, since we have sin in our lives, then we need to sit still and just let life happen. But what God has said is that I know you're not able, I know that you're not worthy, but I considered you worthy of death on the cross. Therefore, I'm lifting you up and I am empowering you to receive the call, but not just receive the call, but I am empowering you to go and do what God has called you to do. You see, God is wanting to do a work in your life. It says in the text that Paul, the Apostle Paul says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Is that God is at work in you. Jesus Christ is desiring to put the same spirit in you that raised him out of the grave. That Jesus Christ has power that has been untapped for so long sitting in your life, sitting in your soul, and we just don't tap in. If you would reach into your relationship with Christ, if you would dig into your relationship with Christ, if you would pray more, if you would seek him more, his life, his power, his presence would be unlocked in your life. It would take the lid off of it. You've got to receive this call. And some of you have. And it is an exciting thing to watch. I'll tell you, I was looking uh, at Facebook last night, and um, I saw something very cool. And, and we, I see some cool stuff from time to time. But this one thing I saw, this lady said, I'm thinking about getting in a church. And I know several of y'all probably saw this. And I mean, it was like Attack of the Wellians. I'm for real. It was like, oh, you should come to my, and you know, a lot of people, and I, I don't know if y'all like me, if I get on a comment, if I get on a post, and there's like 27 comments, I'm going to answer the post, but I might not read all those comments. So I'm probably going to say something that somebody else said, right? Well, I looked, and it was, I guess that's what happened, because like 18 of y'all said the same thing. I got you a ride. I'll come, you got to check the church out. You got to check. Man, you guys are talking. You guys are out there. You are doing what God has called you to do, and I'm seeing a lot of it, and I'm being amazed. And I'll tell you that 
We, as a church, have to do better at, at, at doing what we've been called to do and empowering you. You see, we are trying to do what God has called us to do. And I will say from the stage that, that I know that there has been uh, some trouble with our getting people plugged in. There's nothing in the world that we would love more to get everyone plugged in and everyone in place, but we're babies. One-year-old church. And what, what we know is happening, we kind of felt this, and we people would come and they say, man, I, I love the church. I'm excited. I, I'm feeling, feeling better than I ever have about my relationship with Christ. I'm walking with him. I'm talking with him. But I want to be used. I want to be used. And so we are excited about a lot of new structures that we're putting in place. Uh, we're, we're, putting some, we're empowering some more people so that they can help us to go ahead and get people in places. To go ahead and, and get you a spot where you can be used by God here at the church. To get you, get you a place where your gifts can be used and where you can pour back into the ministry in a physical way. And we're excited about that. Really excited about that. But if we try to minister out of what we're good at, out of, out of our own grit and our own, uh, you know, our own just drive, and it will fail and it will be no good because we've got to have the, the support, the working of his powerful Holy Spirit in our lives so that we could do the work of the kingdom. Because otherwise, we're just, we're just looking good. You know, my wife, I came back over there and sat down and she says, why don't you take that jacket off? And I was like, well, I, I want to wear it one time. It looks cool, <laughs> you know. I'll just be transparent with you. You know, I, I'm, I'm flawed and, and, and I have my own problems. I like, I like people like me, you know. You know what? We need to go into the world thinking that if everybody looked at us cross-eyed and thought we were fools, we'll be fools for Christ. The power and the potential that God has for you is, it's really unbelievable. It's really unbelievable, which, which I'll tell you this right here. Listen to what he says. He says, if you go on down and read, he says, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, he understands that he doesn't have it in and of himself to do this. He understands that. And this is the Apostle Paul. And it's Apostle Paul saying, I don't know. You should be saying, I do know. I, I, man, I'm, y'all are jacked up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, y'all got some issues, you know? I do too. And, and if we, any of us think that we have it in and of ourselves to do the work of God, we need to sit down anyway. So many people come to me and say, Brandon, I would, like to, I would like to come to church, but I don't want to be a hypocrite. I would like to, church, but, to come to the church, but I got some things I need to straighten up. No. If you thought you had it straightened up enough to come to church and do the work of God, I would tell you you need to think a little harder. Amen? Hey, I'm telling you right now. God can use a, bro you know, a broken and contrite spirit that the Lord will never cast away. Broken? Good. Afraid? Good. Feeling unworthy? Wonderful. Thinking you stink? Take a bath. <laughs> okay. Well, sorry, I had to do that. All right. Paul said, listen to what he said. He goes on, though. He said, I'm the very least of these. He didn't say, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Do you understand what Paul just said? And he's calling, you've got to understand, he's calling you to do the same thing. He says, my call was to go out and to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable grace of Christ. Do you know what he just said? He said, I was given an impossible task. 
I'm supposed to tell these people something that can't even be searched. Something that can't be told. I'm supposed to tell. I'm supposed to do something that cannot be done. You know what this tells me? And I don't know if this is right here in my notes or not. but You know what this tells me? Is that your job, if, if the Apostle Paul could not reach where he was going in this life, if he could not do what he was called to do, if it was an, if it was an, 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 an unending task, God is not going to leave him feeling, God is not going to leave him undone, okay? He has promised that he will not leave us or forsake us. That he has promised not materialistic blessings. And what I'm going to tell you is that you can't outgive God, but I know you've heard that and you're scared. You're like, I don't know about that, you know. I'm not talking about money. What I'm telling you is, is that you cannot pour enough into God that you overgave. I don't care if you're talking about time. I don't care if you're talking about sacrifice. I don't care if you're talking about money. God is worth it. And Paul here has been called to preach, to divulge an unsearchable truth. And so this is an impossible task. And so what I drew from this and what I think he's trying to say is that, and we, I stole this from another guy too. He says, enjoy the journey. The destination is a mirage. Enjoy the journey. The destination is a mirage. What that means is this, is that if you are, if you are pursuing Christ, if you are doing what you do in order to get to heaven, you're going to be sad. You're going to be mistaken. If you are doing what you do so that you can get the blessing, I'm sorry. If our church is doing what we do so that we can get to 500, if we can get to 1,000 people, that's a mirage. I'm sorry. Never going to happen. You're never going to be satisfied. You see, what Paul is saying is, my call is to preach Jesus Christ, and even though I will never be able to properly tell them who he is, telling them who he is, is the reward. Y'all looking at me like y'all didn't get that. Like a, like a cow looks at a new gate. Huh? What I'm saying is, as you proclaim the gospel, and I, and I find it true in my life, as you proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, this is good, this is good, listen to this. As you proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, they might not believe you because you have not the words to tell them who he really is. But it is not. If you tell somebody about Christ and they don't believe you and they walk away and you're crushed, you missed the whole point. It is not the result of your call that you are chasing. It is your call. It is your call. It is the proclaiming. It is getting to be used by Jesus Christ. That is the goal. It is the reward. And as we tell them about Jesus, they could, go, they could turn around and look at us dumb. We're like, I got used today, baby. You get what I'm saying? Come on, guys. Being used by Jesus Christ is what it's all about. That's why Paul can say, I, I, I've, I've been shipwrecked, abandoned, beat on, spit on, stoned, and left for dead, but it was all worth it. Really? And that's why I go back. Is your call obvious in your life? If your call is not obvious in your life, I have to ask, have you met him? 
Have you met him? Because the God that I know, if you've met him, you might, you might wonder and you might stray. But everything else is just waste dust, a puff of smoke. I got to get back to the king. And you work and you work and you work and you work, not seeing an end in sight. But it's worth it because the journey is what it's all about. You have a call. Listen to this. Um, listen to what he says. Move to this kind of quick because we have baptisms out front, but I, I do want you to get this. So listen to what he says. Well, let's move on to the vision. Jesus never just empowers. He casts vision. He casts vision. In Proverbs it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You see, you can have a call, and, and many of you know you have a call. Many of you have been, been under enough good teaching. You understand that, that God is not just saving you to, to leave you alone. That he, you know, we say, come as you are, but don't leave the same way. Jesus Christ is looking for the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those good things. You need to, to be growing in Christ. A tree will be known by the fruit that it bears. Most of us know this, but we're wondering, why is it that we are not moving in the direction that we need to be moving? And it's that you have not cast vision like God has called you to do. Listen to what Paul says. We just talked about his call. We just talked about how he was to preach to the Gentile and, and to preach these unsearchable truths that, that the journey is the reward, that it's not about getting a certain place, but it's about walking with a certain one, namely Jesus Christ. But then he goes on to say, so that, big two words right there, so that, he says, I am called, I, I've been given this task, I've been empowered, I've been given, I've been given, I've been called, you see what he's saying? So that, this is where we're going, so that, this is the purpose, so that, this is the goal, this is what I'm seeing out there, that God is, is looking to accomplish through my call, you see the vision? He says, so that, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You see, he cast this vision. It wasn't enough. You see, Jesus Christ never, Jesus never just saves. He always calls. And Jesus never just calls. He always empowers. And Jesus never just empowers, but he casts vision. He's going to show you. He's already proclaimed where you need to be going. And I'm telling you right now, do you have narrow vision? Do you believe that God's call is just to, just to make you change a few things in your life? Hey, look, not only is legalism and fundamental Nazis killing the church because they require too much of you. They're killing the church because they require too little of you. Change a few habits, change the way I dress, no problem. Get me a part-time job so I can buy suits. I'm good, baby. You see, it's not, a, it's not about changing the way that you walk and the things that you say. It's not about that because you don't need to do those things. It's not about that because that's the very least of your worries. God said, you have seen it written, thou shalt not commit murder. But I say unto you, every man who looks on someone with hate in his heart has already committed murder. You see, Jesus Christ is not looking at the outward way that you work. He is looking at the, the motives of your heart. He is going deep down. He is going way past all of that junk. And I ask you right now, where is your vision? 
Where's your vision? Is it right here? Are you concerned with stopping smoking cigarettes or stopping cussing and, and those things you need to stop? But what I'm telling you is this call will lead you to a place of ferocious desire and worship of God that you could be used to, to, to shape history. The way you dress? Okay, put something else on, but let's get to work. You know? Does that make sense? Listen to what Paul says. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. When I read this, it blew me away. You know why? So many of us have this little bitty vision. And this is for Christians and non-Christians alike, okay? You might not know Christ in here. You might not know if you want to know Christ today. Let me tell you something right now. Without the power of God, without the, without the undying reality that is Jesus Christ, your vision is puny. Christian or non-Christian? You see, what Paul is saying here is that he has called me to do a work. He has called me to take on this task that has been given. He has called me and he has empowered me. He has equipped me to do what? To make a, a significant and an eternal difference. You see, what he says is that this is going to reach into the heavenly places. Let me ask you, does your, does your vision reach into the heavenly realm? Does your vision reach into the heavenly realm? You, th you say, well, I'm trying to do the best that I can. I'm trying not to cuss around my kids. Does your vision, does the vision that God has cast to you, do you see? Do you see this? And I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, guys. I'm begging you to listen. And as I pray that the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to this truth. Do you continually preach the gospel to yourself and do you visualize the work that God is going to do through you? I'm not telling you to, to do things better. Oh my God, I'm not telling you to, to make sure you, you, you talk right and that you make sure you give your tithe. Those things may be good. What I'm telling you is, is to Allow God to empower you to breathe life into your children, to change, to change the direction, to, 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 to roll the tide on an entire generation. That now, through you, through the change that God has brought about in your heart and the transformation that he has put into your lives, that generations upon generations would love God and lay their life down for him. That is what Jesus does. That is what you have the potential for if you know Christ. If you answer the call. If you will get into his presence so that you can receive the call. And then allow him to cast a vision. And then you cast it. Do you speak it? Do you speak it? Do you every day? Are you the pastor of your family? Listen to what it says here. Does your vision have eternal purposes? Going down to the next one. We have been saved, called, empowered, and given a vision by the king. Let us walk in confidence. And this is the last thing I'll say. I want you to 
If I could only have the words, I feel Paul's, his tension because this king is so wonderful. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you that you, you don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to wonder anymore. You don't have to tiptoe. You don't have to question whether or not, well, maybe. No! God put himself on a cross for you. He believes in you. He is going to stay faithful. If he did not come down off of the cross, he will not come down now. And you are called to raise holy hands as you honor and praise the king to get on your knees before God and beg him to use you because he is the only goal. He is the only reward that's worth it. He is the only place to go. He is the only power you need. He is the only, only way that you can make a difference. He is the only way that your life will make a difference whatsoever. And without him, you'll be forgotten. You'll be forgotten in no time. Today I call you to stand in confidence as a child of the King. Or to bow your face to the Father and beg forgiveness. That he would wash over your sins with the blood of his Son who he nailed to the cross so they would be paid. And don't you stop there. But you get to work because he's worth it and you need it. We can have confidence that he is alive and well. And though others question and wonder why as they're persecuted, we stand and take the lashes knowing that it proves what he did because he does not fail. As we stand to our feet and as the lights come down, my plea to you today is to give up. I'll tell you what I'm giving up. I'm giving up. I'm giving up the things that get in the way of God. And I'm asking you as my people, I'm asking you as my friends, as my as my brothers and sisters, pray for me. Pray for me that I won't let things get in the way. Pray for me that I won't think that things are more important than, than God. Pray for me that I'd stop making excuses. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Listen to words from your pastor. I'm praying for you like I've never prayed for you ever before in my entire life. I'm sorry that I haven't prayed this much before. I'm, pr I'm sorry that I haven't, I haven't prayed, that I haven't, that I haven't interceded for you enough I will be on my face I believe in you I believe that God has got a call for you and he's got a vision for you that would reach beyond Landrum South Carolina that it would reach beyond Greenville that it would reach beyond that it would reach into the heavenly realms God has shown me the vision and I believe I believe that you will make a significant difference in the history of the world and even eternally I believe in you. I believe that God will not stop here. I believe that God is going to empower you, that he is going to call you, then <laughs> that he's going to blow our minds. And so today I would, I would ask, what do you need to lay down? What do you need to lay down? What call? 
What call has He given you? And how big is your vision? If you don't think He can't do it, your vision ain't big enough. If you're not wondering if He can do it, your vision ain't big enough. If your vision's easy, it's too little. Be a world changer. Be a world changer. We're going to open it up for you to come. After this, we're going to go out into the lobby, grab your kids from Kidwell. We want them to be a part of the baptism. Those of you who have uh, desired to be baptized, if you need to do business with God, come on down right now. Do business with God and then get back out there into the lobby so we can get ready. Some of them already may be out there. But I open up this invitation and I make a call to you today. Take a step. Take a step. Let's get on the move. Give it to Jesus. The altar is open for you to lay your lives down.